Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Hey, what's going on? Dodgers Nation, Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. How interested are the Dodgers in signing Carlos Correa? And what are the top five landing spots where he could sign this offseason? We've got that coming up in just a second. But quick reminder for our latest Dodgers news and rumors all offseason long. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comments section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day. One, do you want to see the Dodgers go after Carlos Correa in free agency? And two, where do you think he'll ultimately sign? Let me know down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So today we've got a spicy rumor involving Carlos Correa. And before we get into this, I just want to preface this by saying, one, I'm not going to try to change your opinion on Carlos Correa. If you're not into the Dodgers signing him and you can't get over what happened, happened in 2017 I totally understand me I'm with you to an extent I'm not high on the idea of bringing in Carlos Correa I'm just trying to present the facts and the rumors that are out there I know there's some Dodger fans out there that wouldn't want Correa on the Dodgers if he paid the Dodgers 300 million you wouldn't want to see Carlos Correa in a Dodgers uniform even if it was Halloween so I understand that but we do have to report these rumors and the first one we're going to get into comes from John Heyman of the New York Post who who said the Dodgers could see Correa as their option 1A if they can't bring back Trey Turner. The Dodgers would surely love to bring him back, as Turner brings a rare speed-power combo to shortstop, but they likely still wonder whether they might be his first choice and thus are serving a very rich shortstop market. No surprise they appear to have landed on the other comparably great free agent shortstop as an enticing 1A choice, Carlos Correa. They love everything he brings and thus far don't seem to have 2017 reservations. Okay, so first things first, break out the mustard, break out the relish and onions, and break out that Dodgers rumor meter. And for this rumor, I'm going to give it a two Dodger dogs. People are talking. It's still early. We haven't even officially hit free agency yet. And of course, you have to consider the source. It is John Heyman, who is the mouthpiece for Scott Boris, who happens to be Carlos Correa's agent. So, of course, you're going to link the Dodgers with Correa and your client any way you possibly can, but you know I love reading the tea leaves. So, what can we extrapolate from John Heyman's rumor here? Well, what really sticks out to me is that he says the Dodgers love everything he brings. So, we know that he's a great defender. We know that he's a great hitter, but is there more that the Dodgers are looking for? Are they looking for that passion? Are they looking for that fire and that leadership that Correa brings? And to me, that says something the fact that it mentions that because I think the Dodgers are looking far beyond just what a player can provide from a statistical level I think they are looking for the complete package when it comes to a guy that can bring some fire bring some leadership to this team desperately lacked in the NLDS so maybe the Dodgers are saying to themselves hey we don't want these Mr. Nice guys anymore maybe this is like Hulk Hogan going to NWO and we start to see the bad boy Dodgers and maybe they do want to shake things up as far as the leadership 
and the personalities that are in that clubhouse and inside that dugout. And I think when you're the Dodgers, you're saying to yourself, hey, this is going to be a very expensive player in Carlos Correa. Yes, you might be able to get him for a short-term high AAV deal if he wants to go that route again, but I think he's more likely to sign that big deal, $300-plus million. It was reported by Bob Nightingale in January that he was looking for anywhere in the range between 330 and 350 million dollars for so for that price you have to get some serious bang for your buck so that the Dodgers are looking at Carlos Correa they're probably saying to themselves hey he's an elite defender he's a great bat he's a postseason performer and also he has those intangibles those leadership qualities that can really get his club going but before we get into whether or not the Dodgers should sign him let's look under that hood a little bit what would LA be getting in Carlos Correa so let's do a little rewind here so last offseason of course he signed that three-year $105.3 million deal with the Minnesota Twins and he's already indicated that he's going to opt out of the remaining two years and $70.2 million left on his contract this season he earned $35.1 million with Minnesota and he's going to hit free agency again after turning 28 in September now could he go back to the Twins now he has said that him and his family love Minnesota but it's unlikely that they're going to offer him a big extension. Now, how good of a player is he at this stage of his career? Well, one thing you have to consider is his glove work definitely took a step back last season. His platinum glove winning defense did take a little bit of a hit. If you look at his DRS and his UZR and his outs above average, he was slightly below average. He had a three DRS. He was in the 18th percentile in outs above average. So he wasn't that ultra elite defender that he was in 2021 when he took home that platinum glove award. Now, did his defensive metrics slip to a point where it's a concern? I wouldn't go that far. I think they're correctable. I think he still flashed last season, made some highlight plays, and I still think he's one of the better shortstops defensively in the league. The question I have, though, is he does stand at six foot four. You rarely see big six foot four shortstops play deep into their 30s at that position. Now, Correa has said that he's willing to move to third base, and I do expect that to happen at some point in the early stages of that contract maybe four or five years in if you sign him to a 10-year deal so the question I have is does his bat justify the kind of contract that he would be signing well let's take a look at what he does at the plate because last season definitely put together a nice year in Minnesota he ended up slashing 291 366 467 had a 140 weighted runs created plus so his bat was 40 percent better than league average last season so when you compare that to Trey Turner, Trey had a 128 WRC plus in 22. So Correa, 12 points higher. Trey definitely played in more games and was more durable. But when Correa was healthy and when he was at the plate, he was a more explosive bat than Trey. And the difference between the two last season was Trey really struggled down the stretch, whereas Correa, he raked through the final two months of the season. In his last 59 games, he slashed 323, 402, 498, and put up a 160 WRC plus. So his bat was 60% better than league average for the last two months of the season. He also had nine home runs in that stretch. And now from 2020 to 2022, his 821 OPS ranks fifth among big league shortstops. His 130 WRC plus is fifth behind Fernando Tatis Jr., who won't even be a shortstop in the future. Trey Turner, Corey Seager, and Xander Bogarts, and his 53 home runs ranks ninth. So offensively, he has been one of the best shortstops in the league. There's no doubt about that.
that. One question I have, though, is his best individual season is still 2017 by far. In 2017, he had a 941 OPS, a 155 OPS plus, and of course, that's the year that they are banging trash cans and cheating down in H-Town. Now, what a lot of people love about Carlos Correa, though, is he's definitely been one of the better postseason players in his generation. An 849 OPS with 18 home runs in his postseason career, and he's played in tons of games. 79 postseason games. Now, are his postseason numbers inflated because the Astros cheated in 2017? Yes, they are to an extent, but he has had some big series after the cheating scandal broke, and I still think he's definitely one of the better postseason bats, especially at that position. So we know now he definitely is one of the best hitting shortstops in the game. Defensively, had a little slip up last year, but still one of the better defenders in the game. Definitely brings some leadership intangibles, brings that fire, brings that passion, would check off that box as far as shaking up the Dodgers clubhouse. Now the next question is his durability, because he has dealt with injuries throughout his career. He had nagging back injuries, had a rib injury, had a finger injuries. He did have some issues staying on the field earlier in his career, but he has corrected that in the last three seasons. In the last three seasons, Correa has played in 89% of his team's games, so he has answered that question. And last season, he dealt with a little finger injury that sent him to the IL and was also on the COVID IL. So he should be entering the prime of his career at 28. Those injury issues should be behind him at this point, and whatever team signs him should feel good about that. But for me personally, if he wants $330 million, I am considering some of that injury history when you consider his height, when you consider multiple back injuries. To me, that is a little bit of a red flag. To me, that's like buying a really nice car, but the check engine lights on. I'm definitely concerned about his injury history. And also, if you look at his offensive numbers, they are really good, but they're not like Fernando Tatis Jr. level or elite or anything like that. And if his defense continues to decline and he moves to third base, are you really going to be paying that much for a guy that's not playing that premium position deep into his career? So I think if you're the Dodgers, that's something you strongly consider. And I think that for me, where I stand on Carlos Correa and if the Dodgers will pursue him seriously, I think it comes down to a couple factors. I think one, where do they stand with Trey Turner? Will Trey Turner seriously consider signing with the team on the West Coast? How much do the Dodgers like Trey Turner? Do they like him to the extent that they want to offer him that big $300 million contract? Did they feel good about his postseason results? Like I was saying earlier, you don't pay the barber until you see your haircut at the end. Well, now the Dodgers have seen the complete package with Trey Turner, and they'll be able to assess if they want to commit to him long term and that kind of money. And also another factor I don't hear anyone talk about because it seems like Dodger fans out there, it's the edgy take, the edgy take amongst Dodger fans saying, oh, the Dodgers should go out there and sign Carlos Correa. Well, hey, it's a two-way street. Correa has to want to sign with the Dodgers. You don't just go to the free agency store and go to the shortstop aisle and pick out a Carlos Correa and throw him in your cart. No, you have to court Carlos Correa and the Dodgers have to see if he's willing to go through what it would take to endear himself to the Dodger fan base. Because I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of Dodger fans that aren't going to accept him and he will hear boos early on in his Dodgers career. And I do think that winning solves everything. And I think that if he goes out there and performs that those boos will go away. But Carlos Correa has to wonder if he really wants to go through the whole process of really becoming the Joker, joining the Justice League. Does he really want to join the Dodgers after what happened in 2017 and have to 
answer those questions because you know those will be some of the first questions that I'll hear at that introductory press conference. So I still think the Dodgers could possibly be involved, especially if he's willing to sign another one of those short-term high AAV deals. If that's the case, I think maybe you do consider a Carlos Correa if you strike out on some of these other big names out there. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. and you're looking to improve your offense and shake things up. So for me, I don't love the idea of a 10-year, 330-plus million dollar deal for Carlos Correa because you have to remember, yes, the Dodgers print money, but they're not going to just hand out $300 million contracts every couple of seasons. There's only so many guys you can sign to those types of contracts. And I think when you consider some of the other names that are out there and some of the other names that could be available, I would much rather look at those names as a priority. you got... Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani is going to be a free agent after next season. There are some other big names that they could pursue. Also, you have to address starting pitching, and I think the Dodgers need an ace-level starter. So I do think they should consider possibly going the trade route for a shortstop like maybe a Willie Adamas, or there's some other options out there. Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner. Still, if you look at the numbers, he's elite at that position. So we're going to drop a video, top 10 shortstops for the Dodgers next season so look out for that one but right now I've got the five top landing spots for Carlos Correa the top five teams most likely to sign him this offseason and I do want to preface this by saying that if I knew that he was going to be signing one of those shorter term high AAV deals I would have the Dodgers right at the top of this list but I do think this is the offseason where he looks to sign that bigger deal that 10 year contract so at number five I've got the Baltimore Orioles there were some rumors that they had offered him a 296 million million dollar contract last offseason and their general manager Mark Elias he worked for the Houston Astros and he also is seen as the main reason why they drafted Correa with the number one pick back in 2012 so they have that connection they're a team that could use a shortstop they are looking to spend in Baltimore now so I've got them at number five and then at number four I've got the Boston Red Sox their team that could be looking to add a shortstop especially if they lose Xander Bogarts I think he would make sense in Boston being the villain of the Yankees. Carlos Correa in Boston. I can just picture that. And then at number three, I've got the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Phillies desperately need a shortstop defensively. One of the worst teams in the league at that position. There's been a lot of talk that they're interested in Trey Turner. So they are a team that's going to be looking to spend money this offseason. And they're a team that has the juice right now. The Phillies could win the World Series this season. They can also free up an extra $32 million dollars if they decline options on John Segura and Zach Eflin. So they're a team to watch. And then at number two, how about the San Francisco Giants? We know they're going to be spenders this offseason. They have $104.5 million committed, and they still got guys opting out. Rodon's going to opt out of his contract, and they have tons of money to spend. And Brandon Crawford, he was great in 2021. Finished fourth in the NL MVP voting, but he came back down to earth in 2022. He had 231 
had an 87 WRC plus. He's 35 years old. And I think Carlos Correa in orange where he's comfortable. I think that'd be a great villain to the Dodgers. I think he's definitely a name that they'll strongly consider. And then at number one, I've got the Chicago Cubs. I think the Cubbies are going to be big players for Carlos Correa. And I think one thing that's very, and at number one, I've got the Chicago Cubs. So the Cubs were seen as the favorites last offseason to sign Correa. And then this season, they proved to him something. They proved to him that in the second half, when the Cubs went 39 and 21, that he's not necessarily coming into a down to the studs rebuild. And that's very important for Correa. Correa said, quote, he didn't want to be part of no rebuilding. And the Cubs can show him that one, they have money to spend. They only have 91 and a half million committed for 2023. And also second half of that year, they showed a lot of promise. And yes, they currently have Nico Horner at that shortstop spot. He is above average offensively, uh, 107 OPS plus hit 10 home runs and had a 4.1 B war in 135 games, but they can move him to second base. And Correa has already said that he's willing to move around the infield as well. So I think Chicago is the team to be for Carlos Correa, but let me know down below in the comment section. Should the Dodgers go after Correa? Where do you think he'll ultimately sign? Let me know down below. My name is DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. 